we'll just start then. Yes. Start podcast to be Hey everybody and welcome to the dad2be.ie podcast. Uh, my name is Brian. And my name is Mike. And uh, this is episode one of what could very possibly be a prolific one episode podcast or could very possibly be a long running thing uh, into old age. Basically chronicling what you need to know uh, being, being a dad in uh, in the times that are now, uh, which is 2016 in Mike's kitchen. Am Mike I, is in pajamas. Am I looking? I'm not. I changed out of my pajamas, dude. Mike was in pajamas <laughs> until very recently. Uh, okay, so uh, we'll do a quick overview, I suppose, on who we are. Um, if you're finding this podcast, I assume that means you are a dad or are going to be a dad. Hence, dad to be, I suppose, or you're a mother or some way else involved with a baby. So, or you're work. a creep and you have no reason for watching. Speak this more about nappies. I want to know about the nappies. Or were they dirty? So dirty. Um, no, don't do that. That's weird. And yes, they generally are quite dirty. So, yeah, my name is Brian. I am 32. I am a dad of four weeks and two days. More than that, actually, four days of a little girl called Olivia. Uh, my name is Mike. I've done that already. I'm a dad of a baby who's not really a baby anymore. She's more of a toddler now. She's almost two. Her birthday is coming up this month on the 13th. I thought you were really padding that out. Her birthday is a day this month, which is coming up soon. And it's definitely <laughs> coming. It's definitely one of those days, you know, about things. And it's the 13th. Yes, maybe well, that's the one. the birthday is on the 13th. Her birth. She was born on the 9th, but we're having the birthday on the 13th. So How does that work? Um, because we don't care about what day she was actually born. We have to invite people. Oh, I always see her birthday then is on the 9th. You're just having a party on the 13th. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So actually, Olivia was a month old last week, uh, which is pretty cool. Last week? Yeah, 16th. So like, she's a little like... So all she does is like smile and poop and sleep. sleep. We're very lucky with our, our kid. So Mike is a drum instructor slash tax person slash... What else do you do? A musician. That's a drum person. Uh, a teacher person. I don't teach. belittle my craft, Brian. I'm not just a drum person. I don't just play. I also teach. There are different jobs. Like people, like you can get really, really talented players that can't teach at all. Oh, my wife is a musician and a teacher, so I know. Yeah, she's multitask. She's multitask and she also is a mother. So good work, you. Me, I have just closed my own business, so I am looking around at other things to do. Uh, I used to work in sales and marketing. I also owned a cafe until about two weeks ago. So the baby coincided nicely with my deciding that I wanted to make money again. And the cafe was like, no, Brian, you want to waste money. And I was like, OK, cafe. And then the baby was like, wow. And I was like, no. OK. Uh, OK, so that's what we are, I suppose. Um, you'll probably get to know us more as we go along. I figure as I am just out of dad to beness and um, an actual dadness, we could go through what to expect when, not to expect when you're expecting, but when your wife is expecting as such. And then D-Day itself, maybe of Labor Day. Yeah, okay. Not in the American holiday sense, but in the, oh my God, there's a football coming out of Regina Day. Science. The secret that we haven't told anyone is this is not our first podcast. We've done this a couple of times Mike, with different equipment. Mike, God and damn uh, this is the first time that we've, like I've bought new equipment to make, sure, <laughs> to make sure that we could uh, do this to a proper standard. And uh, yeah, so we have a new interface, we have new microphones, we have the old, same old computer, but we should have a good sound now. And it was kind of... A decision that we made that we weren't going to get a, a quality standard on the on the previous recordings will will kind of scratch them. So we might refer to things that we've talked about before before Brian was a dad. Yeah. Um, well, we I might put some of the audio in down the line. Yeah, because it, it's it still might be there. a good idea. And it is. It was. It was. It was good stuff. But 
We are very good. The fact, yeah, well, we're we we're not just doing this on the fly or something. We're delusional as. F- <laughs> I mean, oh, we, yeah, I'm trying not to swear. We're delusional. That's the main thing. I don't. I don't think we should try and censor. Well, we we need to censor you because you're terrible. I do swear a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I also make my child swear, so I put my finger on her mouth. I know you can't, this is the visual medium of talking in a podcast. It's an audio medium, but there's a video. I put my finger on her chin and I move her lip, and I've sent some really offensive messages to people I know where the babies tell them that their kids are stupid. He basically uh, puppeteers his newborn. Yes, so you can make your child look like it's possessed by the devil. And if you act now for the low, low price of nothing, I'll show I you ju- how. I just had this image of people putting pictures of their kids in washing machines and in... Uh, microwaves for for Facebook pictures and then child services contact them and take their kid off them because they're terrible parents. I had this image of you getting a knock on the door going, "Uh, we have reports of you forcing your child to be creepy and forcing them. (laughs) Forced creepiness is the worst way to teach a child how to interact with people. She's lovely. She's not creepy. I'm sorry, Olivia. If you're listening to... Oh, what I actually... This is now... This is a long-term investment in embarrassing my child. But I have got a video of her lying on the ground going and I was like Olivia this is for your 21st birthday say hello to all the boys she's like actively actively pushing out a good old like good number two and I am 100% keeping that file for her 21st when she's like all her friends and all the boys that might be interested in her Uh, and then I go here's a cute baby video hello Olivia so yeah look forward to that for your 21st Olivia you know you've just caused your daughter after the age of 21 to have the nickname Schitzer. Well, now you have. And it's the future. They could have new names for it. It could be <laughs> Zapser. Hey, I just had a big zap. Me too. So, okay, yeah. So, um, what to expect uh, when, when your wife is expecting. Uh, and what you should do as a dad, because I've obviously just recently done all the antenatal crap. And I say crap. It's it's informative, but if you're a man, it's useless. And obviously, but you, but you have to go because yeah, you if you to. well, you should go anything. I, you need to feel like you're involved. That's if some if someone out there is just about to do the antenatal thing, or their their partner has just come to them and say, "Oh, we have to do antenatal," do not turn around to them and say, "It's a bunch of crap. I'm not doing it," because they don't hear what you're actually saying. What they hear is. I don't care about you or our unborn child. So and if you don't, just don't say that because it's best to leave these things unsaid. <laughs> Listen to a podcast, pretend you're interested, and maybe every so often we'll make a joke. Just like shut up and do it because it's useless. But so, shut up and do it. Something I want to do down the line with the website and with the the podcast and stuff is a man teenager class, which will be like, look, go to the antenatal classes and learn all of it. What she because obviously, if especially if it's a first kid, she is super concerned right now about what's going to happen. How is the baby going to be okay? How much pain is she going to be in and all the rest of it? So um, I think what we should do down the line is maybe have a class where it's like, okay, guys, this is how you can not be the most useless piece of crap in the room next to the chair. No one's going to sit in anyway. Uh, so, I mean, for me, again, this is going back just over a month ago now. Like I was, well, we went in on the Saturday morning and I, was, like, I think we got there at half ten and Olivia was born at quarter to nine. And for that entire time, all I could do was like, and this is what you should not do. If, if there's a list of things not to do, and there will be a list on the website, uh, one of them is definitely asking, are you okay? Because they're not okay. If they're having a baby, it's not okay. You're just there to kind of facilitate being shouted at or being told to get things or being told to shut up in, in a lot of uh, not PG language normally. Until they get the epidural, then it's all good. 
Yeah, my my advice on that one would be don't make jokes. Don't yeah, don't make jokes. <laughs> I did. Brian don't makes make jokes. jokes in all of his uncomfortable situations when he's not sure how he should feel about something, or if he feels nervous about something, or if he's scared, he makes stupid fucking jokes. I find that hilarious. <laughs> As in, okay, so this is, we will meander a lot, but um, Olivia is just she was actually in hospital for four days, uh, four nights recently with uh, she had a bacterial infection. Like she had no temperature and she had no fever and she wasn't actually sick, but she had a really bad rash and it was at risk of getting really infected. So they kept her in the hospital. Uh, so I messaged Mike because we were supposed to record this. And I said, uh, oh, and I was actually supposed to close the cafe on a Saturday and have this big thing. But obviously I couldn't. So I said, Mike, oh, man, she's got the worst case of jaundice. And I sent him a picture of an Asian baby and Mike would not, would not respond for like a day. I actually, you can ask Jenny, I lolled my ass off as I was sending that. I was like, Jenny, look what I'm sending to Mike. It's got jaundice. And Jenny was laughing too. Uh, Olivia was in an incubator. And I was very scared, but I thought it was very funny. Send a picture of an Asian baby. You see, it's racist and funny. So, I mean, it ticks all the boxes. Yeah, and I, I really didn't know how you were going to navigate your way around that story. And you didn't. You just you just went right there. I so think it's hilarious. That's, that's cool. So Do you look up, this is on my phone, Asian baby. There is a picture of a baby with like a Chinese headscarf on, waving a Chinese flag. And I have sent that and the same joke to at least five people now. No response. Anyway. Oh, no, lots of everyone else laughed. Like, you're the one who didn't. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm a normal person. don't laugh listening to this, you're all the weirdos. Everyone else is normal. That's laughing. Good <laughs> on everyone else. So my list that I'm trying to talk about, but Brian keeps cutting in on me. Uh, the first thing you don't do is make jokes list. about it. That was my thing. The The second thing I would suggest is that you don't um, voice any concerns that you have directly to your partner. You, if you have a, If you have a genuine concern, like take to one side, talk to the nurse, talk to the um, midwife, but don't don't voice them out loud in front of her because that's going to be multiplied by 10 if you're like, um, why is this happening? And and then she's like, oh my God, I hadn't thought about that. What? Why is that happening? And you're just going to make the situation much worse. I'm not saying shut your mouth and don't ask questions, but be a little bit savvy about how you ask them, where you ask them. Um, come up with a list of things that you can make sure are present, like water, maybe ice chips, stuff like no, that. No, ice chips isn't going to work because you're in a hospital in Ireland. There's going to be like, here's a room, you're going to have a baby, there's no fridge or anything. What you will have is a small bit of water in a bag. What you need to bring... See, and this is my pro tip of a lifetime, which was a lifesaver for me, is you've got your bottle of water, bring a bendy straw, because then you can hold it up to her lips and she doesn't have to hold the bottle because mid-contraction, she will not give a absolute flying crap about holding the bottle. You have to, and if you pour over her face and give her too much, then you're dead. So bendy straw was the best thing I could ever do and refill that water bottle. I was like, um, you know, the, the Tour de France guys, so there's a guy with a sponge of the water going, keep going, keep going, hand the bottle. I was like, yeah, go on, keep going, keep going, have some water. And then I latched onto that as my thing. And I was like, do you want some more water? Do you want, do you want some more water? Yeah, so do, you were a provider of something that do, you needed. Do you want some yeah. more water now? And then like, she's like, Brian, I am having a contraction. I am out of my mind on drugs. I don't want any more water, thanks. What drugs did she use? Epidural and then the gas and air. She was stoned out of her mind on the gas and air. Like, we're talking like the... the, the uh, we'll, we'll run through. Okay, so this is obviously no labour is typical. What happened to us is... As I said, we left the house, got to the uh, the hospital in Dublin at half ten. Um, Jenny assumed it was a false alarm, so I was like, "Okay, well, we'll like obviously they'll check you, and then if it's a false alarm, we'll go home. No big deal." So, because she was in no pain really, um, but she'd had a, what is called the show. So um, we went up, and the doctors were like, went to the waiting room in the coom, and they were like, "Okay, well, look, yeah, you don't seem to be just uncomfortable. We'll check." They seemed very skeptical. They were asking her questions. Have your water broken? And Jenny said, "No." 
So they brought her in, they checked her, they were very skeptical, and they were like, oh no, no, it turns out you're actually uh, at three centimeters, you're in labor, congratulations. And I was like, yeah, high five, it's not a false alarm, oh crap, we're having a baby now. So they said, look, go by, go away and come back. So you went away and came back like two hours later, and the pain had intensified because her waters had broken. They intensified is a very light way of saying she was in a lot of pain. And they were like, okay, we'll just check you there now again. You're still at three centimeters. Go and come back in like an hour or two hours if you can. Jenny's really polite and nice. So Jenny was like, sure, no problem. I'll go away and come back. And then she was in agony, in agony, off and on for two hours. I'm not going to sugarcoat this, guys. This is going to be tough to watch. Like, this is a lot of pain. I mean, I was like, yeah, go on, squeeze my arm, squeeze my hand. Yeah, Jesus, like that woman. I don't know how she did it. So then we came back after two hours. Jenny couldn't even lie down in the bed properly. She was in like real, real discomfort. And the nurse was like, okay, no, we'll check you now. And they checked and she was seven centimeters. So she was like active, active labor. Like they could see some stuff. And I was like, oh crap. And they got her put a wheelchair straight into the delivery suite and they got her on the bed. She was in so much pain. She almost fell over on the bed. And they were like, okay. So um, the midwife was trying to be real nice. And she said, uh, so just, you know, um, just if you could have this baby in the next hour or less without any medication, would you be interested? And Jenny was like, just give me the damn epidural, if at all possible, please, God damn it. Uh, and luckily enough, there was time. And then literally, like, this is the thing, guys. All respect to people who have a natural baby, but once she got the epidural, she was relaxed as. I could make jokes, we could have conversations. You watch that spike thing of how much pain she should be in, and she's sitting there like... Yeah, I'm kind of hungry. I could do it at a bar or something. Uh, so I, I would say it's, it's good stuff. But if you're getting the epidural from there, it should be kind of not plain sailing, but a bit more manageable for you to be like, what can I do for you? And her not try and murder you. Yeah, I mean, Michelle had an epidural as well. And we had decided way before we had gotten to labor or hospital um, that that's the way we wanted to oh, go. Because yeah, we'd, we'd done our research. And I had felt that the... The, the nurse that had done the antenatal classes was really pushing no epidural. Um, they're like, you know, they don't say it directly, but oh, they're ours did. almost like, if you care about your baby, you won't take the drug, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck you. That's really low. You yeah. don't need to like throw a guilt trip on people. Sure. If you're like a, like a kind of person that wants to go completely drug free, be my guest. It's your body. It's your pain threshold. If you can take it, yay for you. But quite honestly, don't give me that shit about if you care, you won't do it. That's that's just pandering to the people who who feel guilt about about their child. You well, know? well, that is because we had the same instance in our antenatal. Um, it's easier for the nurse, the anti for the midwife if it's if it's natural. Now it's probably easier for the baby a little bit too, but. Because uh, when they get take the epidural, it relaxes things down there and gives less control. It makes it a longer process and a harder job for the midwife. And obviously more chance of using forceps and all the rest of it. It makes more sense because if you're in an awful lot of pain, yeah, you push an awful lot harder and it, it the body pushes the, the baby out yeah, more, it's not, it's more actively thing, yeah. than the body just being relaxed and the pain not being... I like how we're like... You know, when I had it, when I was in childbirth, and I was able to push these things. Look, I know, yeah, we, we don't know the, the pain, obviously. I can't really mention the pain from what I've seen. But they are pushing that epidural being a bad thing. Apart from, yeah, obviously, uh, it's a bit better for the baby. It makes their job ten times easier. And fair play to midwives, they're awesome. But uh, if they're going to make you feel bad about it, f*** them. Pardon nah. my French, but f*** them. Big time. So, yeah. my, my personal opinion is, I'm glad that Michelle took the epidural. Now, we had a different experience than you with the epidural. But I'll get to that. 
the epidural, I think, was a good thing. And I would say on child number two, when and if we will be going epidural again. That's just my oh, yeah. opinion. The epidural, when Michelle got it, it didn't really work. Mm, they say it, it's like one in, one in ten won't work. And one in a hundred will like paralyze the wrong end of your body. And one in a thousand is like, yeah, you might never feckin' be able to smell the color purple or something again. Yeah. Uh, they, they give that warning. Uh, but when you're in pain, you're like... If it's if it's one in two never walk, I'm still taking the epidural, you know. The the anesthetist came in and gave Michelle the epidural and it seemed to work, but I mean, how do you know? You've never had an epidural before. You don't know how well it should work. And yeah. when you're only going into the spikes of labor, um, you're not sure how much it should taper off when the epidural kicks in. You're not sure when it's fully kicked in. So she was still kind of waiting waiting for it to fully kick in when the nurses were saying, Oh, it's it's after wearing off. Whatever whatever way it went down with us, it didn't really work. And they were saying, oh, well, the uh, the anaesthetist isn't available anymore. And we're like, what? Where's like, hospital yeah, was this? Waterford? Uh, we're in Waterford, okay, yeah. yeah. That was a lie that they just wanted us to kind of go, oh, okay, I guess we'll, we'll go forward without it. Yeah. And uh, Michelle was in so much pain that after a half an hour of lying to us and telling us that the anaesthetist wasn't available anymore, Mm. we've called him he's on his way yeah and uh from the break room <laughs> probably and uh he caught he called in and he's like oh god yeah oh definitely you know don't no doubt in his mind that yeah, it was necessary course. but yeah. they they were just like oh it's fine it's fine not to again not to belittle midwives but no, no. yeah maybe they just didn't understand like that the severity of the pain i think because they see it so much it's like second nature it's like oh yeah you oh yeah breathe through it because i'm sure you desensitize to yeah, it quite it's routine a lot. i mean yeah. they, they see a lot of shit recently literally they probably see an awful lot of that yeah. too um i think when when jenny had it uh just in case in case everyone knows what epidural is but how it works is it's this massive syringe and then they feed a wire through it what they try to do is they inject directly into the spine and they try and drive this little thing through the needle into one of the, the, the kind of canals as such in the spine that goes, spinal cord, that goes to your brain and then desensitizes the receptors of pain from the waist down. Um, you can still move your extremities, but you don't really have much control of them and you don't really feel as much in it either. I mean, like 20 years ago, it was a case of you felt nothing from the waist down. You couldn't walk. Now, there is, it's a bit different. Um, so, yeah, Jenny, like, I mean, I, I saw the syringe. It's not, 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 not cool. Um, but, like, went in. Within 30, 35 minutes, she was like, oh, that's much better. And then there's a button you can press for more if you think you need it, but Jane didn't press it. So by the time the pushing came along and it had kind of wore off, it was at the case of you need to get this baby out now. Or you it's don't, you don't really issue. have time to worry about the pain when you're when you're pushing. Yeah, well, we um, don't. They don't either, obviously. No. Oh, yeah, this must be really patronizing for girls listening who've had kids and go, they don't even understand. I just go and I'm like, what I've seen. Uh, in the same way I'd review a movie, I can review Childbirth. It was one out of ten and I would not do again, but would probably have to do again at some point. Yeah. Um, not have to, but you know. We're not pretending that we went through it, right? But what you guys need to understand is we were there and we watched someone that we cared about in active labor. We watched them in pain. Yeah. And uh, we felt helpless in that situation. So... Quite honestly, we're not saying we felt the pain, but we experienced the helplessness of being around it. So when we say labor, when we say pain, when we talk about it, we're not pretending that we felt that. But there's a different kind of helplessness when it comes to being a dad, especially a dad that's trying to be actively involved. You know, I mean, yeah, because it's, it's, it's not the norm, apparently, is well, I don't know. I've seen people who are an art, but it's like. 
I took an active interest in everything and trying to help in any way possible. But it's just you do you will never feel more useless than you will in a labor ward. Uh, and I think the idea, the genesis of the idea of dad to be that he was me thinking like and Googling and looking on YouTube and stuff for things like what am I supposed to do? Uh, what what like I mean, on the website, again, the plan going forward, I want to have how to change a nappy properly and quickly and how not to care about poo, which you won't after a couple of weeks anyway. Uh, you'll want to see more poo at some times because it's like, hey, she hasn't pooed in a day. What the hell? Um, I want to have a survival guide for labor. I want to have a survival guide for pregnancy. I want to have a week by week for pregnancy for what you can do to make things better for her, to make things better for you. I want to have all the stuff that wasn't available to me that I obviously I could see straight away and a, a forum or a community where, where dads to be and mums to be and dads that are currently dads and have tips and stuff like to, for everyone to kind of come together and, and say like oh look uh, I don't know what to expect this way or the doctor said this is an issue or if you're worried about something you can say to somebody who's been in that situation recently look uh, we're going in for a c-section what do we need to know and I haven't had a c-section I don't I can know but I'm sure someone will and we'll get them in or, or we'll have them on the website or we'll have them on the podcast or uh, people who are worried, like I was, about how much sleep you're going to get. I mean, I, I like my eight hours sleep. I just, I can't operate without a shower in the morning, coffee as well, and I can't operate without eight hours sleep normally. Uh, we've been exceptionally lucky with Olivia. Uh, exceptionally lucky. Um, she will sleep uh, until she needs a feed. Um, but some kids are different. So it's, it's just about how to manage that. Um, the first night we were at home, I was so paranoid about Olivia being okay that I, I felt... Like physically ill, I was like, I just kept looking across. Is her heartbeat okay? And then I was like, Oh, she's crying. So I picked her up, and I stressed myself and herself out by not sleeping that night, being so concerned about her. At four o'clock that morning, I was wondering, What am I supposed to do? What can I do this? I mean, this kid's only two or three days old. What am I supposed to do to to make sure she's always okay? Uh, how do I manage this? And then I want dads to know that they can go on the website at four in the morning on your phone when the kid's maybe not sleeping or has a bottle in their mouth or whatever that they can go and find advice on how to get your baby back to sleep uh what to check if they're if if they are crying is it wind is it a nappy thing are they hungry are they just wanting to cuddle i'm not sure i understand look okay i know you understand phone but uh, don't give me your shit yeah <laughs> i don't i don't want people to think that we're here um, giving a chronicle of the way it needs to be or the way it should be. We are giving our experience as two guys that are are dads for the first time. We don't know professionally what the right thing to do is. We're just going to give you what we experienced. Um, when we have questions, we're going to get people who know the answers to come on and, and, and talk about that. Either on the website or on the podcast or on a video. There has to be some way of having like a database. Because if you look for mothers, there's everything understandably because they're like the main event on the day but for dads there's like subsections and stuff and i want this to be and i'm not this isn't a misogynist thing this isn't a sexist thing this is a this is an important thing you're going to do uh one of the most important things you're going to do uh for the rest of your life so there needs to be uh an amount of, of information there for you from the day you see that pregnancy test until the day I don't know, the kid's 18 and moves out of her home. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's, that's Jenny said to me four years ago, oh, I want to have kids. I love, I love kids. And I was like, yeah, okay, I, I want to have kids, but I don't like teenagers and I don't know how I'm going to manage teenagers. And I know the kid's only four and a half, five weeks old now, but that's something that you're going to have to cross in the line. Yeah, we're, we're not saying for one second that we are the dads and we are just as important as the mothers. All right, we get that this is your show. Okay, but we also get that 99% of the stuff out there is geared towards the mother. 
Especially and there's very the first, little for the dad. Especially the first nine months. If there is a mention of the dad, it's like, ho oh, ho, you know, the dad's just going to be there anyway, you know. You oh, better be there to buy her chocolate. If he shows up, you yeah, know, yeah. he might be in the pub. I mean, yeah. fuck off. Really, genuinely, fuck off. Because I'm shitting myself the same as everybody else is, okay? I'm I'm just as nervous as the, the mother who is carrying the baby because it's my child, okay? I, I genuinely care about this situation. And for you to make such light of... And, and talk nothing serious about how how I'm experiencing it. So, that for me, that's why we're doing this. Yeah. Like, as I said, like, I, the genesis of the dadsweet.e is that we were thinking about... In, in the situation where I was in, where I was like, okay, my first kid, I have no exposure to babies. Like, none. I, I've minded a few toddlers and stuff for a few hours with Jenny or with, with like other relations when I was a kid, but... I want there to be, this is the month one, this is month two, this is month three of pregnancy. It's the week by week of pregnancy. It's what, like, not only how is that, because there's loads of those videos, how is the fetus forming and stuff, but also what do you need to know at this point? What should you have done? I mean, financially, what should you be doing? Um, in terms of decor of the room, what should you be doing? What do you need to have? I mean, we spent not too much money, luckily. But I know people who spend upwards of 15000 getting ready for a baby. Realistically speaking, I mean, what do you need to have day one? That's what we'd be like geared towards. What do you need to have in the bag for the hospital? Because there's loads of lists out there and it's like, where do I get these things? I'm a man. I don't know what maternity tap pads are. I don't know what breast pads are. They sound fun. Can I wear them? I like breasts. You know, so, I mean, hopefully down the line, dads can be a place for dads to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, and have a bit of fun with it as well. Oh, because, of course. There's um, nothing, as, as Mike pointed out earlier, I don't like being overly serious at any time, including funerals and weddings, including my own. I did make a that's what she said joke at my wedding. Okay. That's uh, just a quick one. So they were putting the ring on. I was trying to put the ring on Jenny's finger and it wouldn't get in. And uh, she said, just shove it in there. And I was like, eh, that's what she said. And then realized I was at my own wedding and that Jenny would murder me. But she didn't. So, well, hey. Yeah, and the priest was cool. We didn't have a priest. We had a humanist ceremony because we're not religious. Boom. You're so modernist. Yeah. We're not we're not baptizing the kid or anything. Take that, schools. Uh, which means she doesn't get a middle name, which is kind of sad because I wanted to have an M middle name so her initials would be OMG. And she would really appreciate that when she's 30. <laughs> Maybe not. You can give her a middle name. I know, you know I can, don't. yeah, but it's, it's not the same, really. I'll try to give you... Uh, a brief funny story as I said I had no experience with kids uh, and when we had Olivia home uh, I took two weeks off I was, like, I was closing the cafe anyway so I took two weeks off and spent them at home so I could do nighttime feeds and stuff and help out paternity baby paternity baby oh yeah it's not a thing if you're self-employed it just means closing your business but do you not get money from no. from social welfare nothing there's nothing there. No. Also, that's, I close my business down, so I get nothing either. That's bullshit. Yeah. It's election season, people. I know it's not when you listen to this, probably, but still. Yeah. Anyway, so... I, I'd be surprised if this actually goes live, because oh, no, we've wait. done this so many yeah, times yeah, yeah, at yeah, this yeah. stage. So let, let me just point out Grand as well... Granddad-to-be.ie. <laughs> Brian, um, prior to Brian finding out he was going to be a dad, um, he was almost uncomfortable around kids. Like, he'd like, go, hey, child, yeah, there you are, get away from me now. No, I always talk to kids like they're people. Yes, because I they're like patronizing them. Now I've got a kid. I'm like, "Who's your booze, baby?" Because it's just natural to sound like a moron to your child. Anyway, I'm at home. Kids about seven days old. I have changed nappies. I have fed. I have winded. I have got like all the basics down. So Jenny's Jenny had done the nighttime feed. It was seven o'clock. Kid was like, meh, meh, meh. 
yeah and I was like okay let's check you out and I was like oh well she's got a bit sick so she's got a wet uh, wet baby girl she oh wet nappy okay cool and oh what's this yeah she's probably hungry okay cool so I was like I know what to do brought her in fed her the cool okay fed winded I I said okay let's change that nappy change the nappy like a pro I mean this like I was like a ninja I was like and I was saying I was like yeah we're changing your nappy gonna make you happy and I put on her fresh clothes and she gave me a little smile which I was like cool the baby's starting to smile she's only like a week and a half old this is awesome not knowing that also that might mean she has really bad wind so I picked her up I was like okay let's get you into the kitchen because dad wants to put the kettle on for coffee and I carried her much like I would all the time and she looked at me and she gave me that smile and I looked down and I was like oh look at you you understand then she went blah and puke came out her nose it came out her eyes it came out her mouth she just covered herself and her fresh clothes and everything in just like cottage cheese everywhere and she just looked at me like the most relieved baby in the world and i just jenny was still in bed and i was so proud for a second and then she did that and i said jenny i've broken the baby uh, i panicked and that's what happened so yeah just when you think you got it down that's when they decide to explode <laughs> That is my funny story about exploding babies. Did you um, have anyone else in with you? No. The coom, they're like, this is like clinical. The baby was born a quarter to nine. They let's have the room for like two hours, which is not normal, apparently. Uh, give us tea, get tea and some toast. Put her down in the, in the ward. And then they're like, okay, dad, you've got to leave now. Uh, and then we brought her home maybe three days later. Um, that's when people saw No, we had some visitors come up, I think, on the Sunday because jenny felt a lot better than she thought she would and felt up to having visitors um but no they they don't really let you have anyone else in with you it's just the dad and the mom and the yeah midwife. because when when uh when we were doing it uh like my wife is from california so America. her mom came over for the pregnancy really? uh, the whole, for like, the labor no oh, no no she was over i thought in, she arrived like for nine months like, the I'm latter here. end of the ninth month yeah she she arrived she was here for two weeks give or take uh, before the no it was a little more because uh, Michelle was like super late she was almost induced really Jenny yeah. was five days over um, Michelle went over the, the I think they gave her 12 days yeah that's they, 12, 12 now and, and they'll, they'll induce in the, in the coom anyway 14 she max. went in for an in, to be induced an induction no that's not it they didn't, it's not the, it's not the thing no. it souns like it's the thing an you do say maybe. I don't know, I don't know. Induction sounds she went offensive. in to be in, in, induced yes and they used a, a gel for to try and activate labor instead of actually inducing her. Brill cream or um, I, I think it was deep heat. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, it burns us. <laughs> Is that but, pregnancy um, pain? No, we actually used the wrong tube. <laughs> it was it was pretty nasty. Um, in that the the gel really didn't work. It kind of brought on a semi labor, um, and she started getting contractions, and uh, it brought on a semi. <laughs> you're terrible i know you yeah, are I, terrible i tried so hard not to say it i hid my face in my jumper, not to say that jumper. <laughs> i wish the video was recording still so we could see you cheeky smile your reaction to a semi-labor and you're I've like got, oh, it's, it's my, like a penis my, joke my inner teenager. a semi is another way of saying a half-hard penis, <laughs> penis. <laughs> he said penis so um it brought on a semi-labor but <laughs> dude i'm trying to say it it brought on a semi-labor but it didn't, like, we thought she was in labor. We were like, okay, so this is what labor feels like. But it wasn't. It was 10% of what labor feels like. Yeah. And um, we thought, okay, so we're on, we're on the way. And then contractions stopped. And we're like, what's going on? 
and they came back in again they had this monitor on her yeah um and they're like okay we're gonna do another inspection and it really got tedious because i mean we were we were in the hospital for three days before Ugh. we were in labor for three days jesus and um we had less than 12 hours pretty much which was great you, you textbook seriously well, the whole thing was textbook yeah uh, awesome well done, well hey, done. Go high five me. good genes uh, good job but uh, yeah three days in there um, baby just didn't want to come out obviously comfortable that, that womb is just really spacious she just liked her womb she did a womb with a view hey, not really um, well it did at the end darkened womb um, so they then gelled again uh, like oh it didn't work the first time let's do the exact same thing again and hope for a different result the definition of insanity is yeah and uh, we got the exact same result. Uh, she went into labor yeah. and then came out of it again. And when she finally went into labor on the third gel, yeah. um, labor actually hit. And instead of Michelle lying on her back with the monitor on her belly going mm, for the contraction, she was on all fours. Barking. Yeah. yeah. I ba- heard, basically you know. doing the downward dog. Just going, That's what I, I'm not going to make the noise she made because I'd have to scream into the microphone and it would just peak everything. And it was, she she was in the kind of pain that you'd expect someone to be in if they were being burned to death. And That's I was... the wrong tube of DP again, Mike. <laughs> I was, I was standing there like the most helpless... Like, of course. I mean, that's 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 the problem. Well, that's a problem, but that's what labor. It's it's all her. Half of me wanted to go and grab one of the nurses and just shake them violently and go do something for my wife. Give her drugs now. Um, and Give me drugs. That has me thinking that that's that's pretty much. Like, I mean, there's guys that don't give a shit about their kids. There's guys there that have kids all over the country. They 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 don't even want to see them. I don't understand that. I think that's that's less than animal. Yeah, well, that's, right. that's because even 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 animals care about their offspring. Well, some of them do. Some of them eat them. Some of them eat them. Yeah, yeah. So it's not entirely animalistic. But like for for a guy to not for for what I experienced in that labor ward to turn into not giving a shit at all. Yeah, uh, that's not human to me. So, but they um, wouldn't have been there. I'm gonna I'm gonna refer just to humans, to people who actually care about their partners I and care about their children don't foresee people who would not be interested going to the website or listen to the podcast really. that's true yeah <laughs> so it's like we heard a, a natural birth going on it sounded like a murder scene and it went on from when we got into the labor wards to when we left six seven hours of like a really bad opera murder crossover and like contractions gonna last 90 seconds and they lasted and jenny was like I think that made Jenny feel less bad because she was like, at least I'm not in that pain because mm. that woman sounded like something was tearing a hole through her, which essentially it was. But like, holy crap. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, okay. Like that. I don't want to scare. I don't want to scare people. Don't watch Alien. Don't, uh, don't. Don't watch Alien. Don't go below the waist. Yeah. Oh, no. I did. I did not. I tried not to. Okay. So two things of the, the, the things that just jumped my mind there for the childbirth. And I, I will do again a blog post or a video about this and not a, a graphic video. Um, in the movies and on TV, there's a lot of things that don't happen. Like they put the sheet up over the legs and stuff. They don't do that in the comb. They, so you can't see. They don't care anymore because who cares? You might want to see your kid born. I tried so hard to look at Jenny's face or at the wall behind Jenny and not see down there. But once the nurse said, oh, I can see the head. There's loads of hair. I was like, must not look. Like, oh, oh my God, there's a head. I shouldn't. Oh my God. Oh my God, that's a baby's head. And then... Did not expect 
it to be as it was because that's it that that head's there for a few seconds like not even for a few, that's it that could be there for a minute or two um and then you're like okay so it doesn't just come in like four or five pushes it can take like 20 minutes half an hour three days of of labor to get that baby out of there yeah um so i want to have like debunking all the fallacies about childbirth and stuff <laughs> as well on the website fallacy yeah so look i think we'll wrap up the podcast here but what i want people to do is to tweet at dad to be ie on twitter to probably the best way is facebook we'll put a post up for the next episode and say look what questions do you have about labor and childbirth um and we'll ask if we don't know the answer or what do you what do you need to know what do you think you need to know uh i have a list of questions that i had pre-childbirth um about what to do um and then we're going to start sharing a series of videos we're working on about the whole pregnancy thing what to expect when she's expecting um and then we're going to start doing other things as well so if there's anything you guys would like to see us do or hear us talk about or have on have a guest you'd like to hear on the show please do get in touch we have a few people lined up to come on i mean really what's going on here is it's the two of us having a conversation both being new dads yeah uh, well, i'm, new, I'm dad. newish i am new you're like level two and nearly and i'm level zero so yeah. that's if if I, I i like video games so you're, I you're a noob as, i don't think of it as leveling up in a video game so when i changed my first nappy it was like achievement unlocked diaper bing uh and you're probably at achievement unlocked potty train bing yeah we had we had our first um no first i had my first solo experience of uh, a dry nappy um and like how old are you and Mila getting up is and this your nappy looking for to use the potty and the nappy was still dry she used the potty and I could put back on the nappy as was because it was perfectly dry oh, usually yeah. there'd be a little pee in yeah, it and you'd change it this is the my first now it's happened a couple of times but M- M- Michelle got them every time this was my first I want to I was uh, pretty proud of that I was like high five you get in there and then and then then she put it in your hand uh i all yeah i want to do videos like i said of, of about like the, the what to expect and stuff but also as like i want to do videos on how to change a nappy because i had no idea and there are ways of doing it wrong and when you do it wrong what's going to happen is the baby is going to shit on you um there's yeah. no two ways about it'll it. come out the the oh, side of the leg the back yeah up, come up the back yeah. Yeah, yeah we had a three we had a three nappy we had a three nappy emergency the first week where uh, i started changing her first pooey nappy i was changing on my own with jenny supervising like a foreman so she was on the changing mat in our room uh i was changing it and i was like okay she's fired she's finished started pulling it away and put the fresh nappy in and sure enough brown chocolate ice cream kept going and i, I was like okay uh, this is weird so the second nappy there put this in the bag keep going waiting for the finish then she just starts farting and because she farted and i'm a child i laughed continuously and fell over so coming soon how to change an happy yeah i mean we're we're just sitting here having a conversation we just recorded as a podcast um because we feel there's a a lack of information oh, out there there's for, a gap there somewhere for like, new dads who really want some information uh, they don't want to be bored to death by hse no. um this is websites. what you should do exactly, if you are yeah. having baby baby will require pants sleep it's, it's a re- real life experience from us and uh this can't work unless there's some kind of interaction from from you guys who are listening so if you have any feedback at all that would help motivate us to keep going if you have any kind of questions that would help us to find answers um it could be something we're we're kind of looking for answers on ourselves it could be something we haven't thought of yeah Uh, but feedback in general 
at the very start of a podcast, it, it really is the lifeblood of the podcast. So yeah, we, we don't expect to get flooded with information, with questions and all straight away. But I mean, guys, down the line, I want this to be a place for dads to go from zero months or one month expecting the baby to uh, the kids one month away from going to college that we can all converse about things and guys with more experience and guys with less experience can get together and they might say, look, you're having this thing. We had this thing. So maybe you should try this and it'll work. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, thanks for listening. If you if you listen to the podcast and you got to the very end, uh, thanks for sticking with us. Um, and please just get in touch, tweet us, Facebook us, just say, "Hey, listen to the podcast. Looking forward to the next one." That would that would make my day if yeah. I, if I got even one person to do that. Give us a review on iTunes. Share it with your friends. If you've got someone who's expecting or is a new dad or has, is a the funny dad who likes stupid jokes and things about babies, uh, send them our way. Uh, and uh, so, guys, I suppose that's it. So from me, Brian and Mike. Uh, we shall chat to you next time and don't forget this podcast is brought to you with help from our sponsor taxpro.ie if you are working in Ireland think you're due some tax back go to taxpro.ie and get in touch with them today Um, okay so that's that done Um, what the plan is check our list Making it twice, gonna find it. Making my way in the world today, take 17 to get. Do you, do you want some water? <laughs> <laughs>